0: Welcome to Well-Versed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Well-Versed podcast. Well, we're going to continue our discussion about the elections, and I want to touch on a a most delicate topic, and that topic is honesty and transparency in elections. In uh, 2016, uh, there was a lot of Democrats saying they didn't think Trump was duly elected, and they claimed all kinds of things regarding election integrity. In 2020, many Republicans did not feel that Biden was duly elected and made major claims. And so it's become a hot issue. Depending on the year, both parties have made pretty strong claims about what I hope we all want. I, I certainly hope both Republicans and Democrats want integrity and transparency and honesty in elections. That is the foundation of a constitutional republic that votes democratically. That being the case, I want to go to Garland Favorito. We introduced him earlier. And I want Garland to just talk to us about uh, maybe the state of Georgia or other states if he wants to, and help us understand what is going on on this issue of honesty and transparency in our election process.
1: Garland. Well, Jim, first of all, I'd like to thank you and our World Prayer Network for all that you do. Uh, it's just an amazing uh, in what you're trying to do to educate Christians as to the uh, election transparency and a whole variety of issues. So uh, first of all, I wanted to say thanks to you and also to Senator Harbin, who has been very instrumental in uh, election transparency and honesty here in Georgia. He had a bill, Senate Bill 538, that would have uh, given us very, very secure ballots and resolved a lot of the issues that we have had, given us the ability to counterfeit ballots. That bill never got a hearing. It was blocked by the Lieutenant Governor, uh, George, Jeff Duncan. And uh, we are, so certainly I want to be grateful to both you and to him, and it's a real pleasure to be with you tonight.
0: The, the, the bill 538, what did it call for that made it so controversial? The lieutenant governor blocked a bill that I presume was for honesty and transparency in election.
1: Well, that's exactly right. And it wasn't controversial at all, Jim. It provided a lot of security features like uh, holograms, uh, watermarks. It had um, a control numbers on it so you can duplicate it. And it even had a stub uh, that you could take and basically go home and verify that your vote was recorded uh, correctly. It's a private stub that only you and it would have. So it had that, that type of, of ballot could have been used here in Georgia with the passage of Senator Harbin's bill. Uh, but instead, uh, that bill uh, did not get a hearing uh, because it was blocked by the lieutenant governor, who's who's been very much against transparency and honesty in elections here in Georgia.
0: Whoa, that's sobering to hear. Well, give us an overview. Uh, help us understand what what has been going on in in the recent elections. Give us give us an understanding of that.
1: Sure, Jim. So um, in regards to the counterfeit ballots that I was just talking about and Senator Harbin's bill, we had six sworn affidavits that there were counterfeit ballots in the Fulton County election results, totaling to the tens of thousands. Now, uh, remember that the election uh, margin here was, Eleven thousand seven hundred and seventy-nine votes. So this these affidavits and the allegations of counterfeit ballots that were made by four senior Fulton County poll managers and two audit monitors. That alone, uh, what they believe we believe, still exists in the results right now as we speak. These counterfeit ballots would probably be uh, exceed the margin of victory in the presidential. Uh, race. Uh, That's just uh, one thing. Uh, Another thing that we found, um, Jim, here in in regards to Fulton County, which is the largest county in Georgia, it encompasses North and South Metro Atlanta, Uh, we found that Fulton County certified 17,724 more votes than what they had ballot images for. So it's impossible to have a vote without a ballot image because the ballot image is used to create the cast vote record. And then the cast vote record is tabulated to get the election results. So it is technically impossible to have more votes than ballot images. And yet uh, Fulton County had 17,000 more votes than ballot images. And that is also far greater the 11,779 vote margin. Uh, So that's just two things. Uh, Moving on to some additional things, we found uh, in our analysis, which was conducted by volunteers, that 102 counties had destroyed their Dropbox video surveillance of the 2020 election. That's in violation of both federal and state law that require two year retention periods for all election records. Uh, Those that surveillance uh, represented surveillance for over 181,500 ballots. Again, that is far greater than the 11,779 vote margin. Uh, We also found that there were improper chain of custody forms for um, over 107,000 ballots. These chain of custody forms for the Dropbox uh, uh, ballots uh, were not signed properly. And we, there were all sorts of uh, anomalies such as they, uh, they were recorded as picking up Dropbox ballots before the Dropbox was even installed. Uh, they would, or even after the election or they would be picked up Uh, from two different locations, three minutes apart, according to the form, but the locations actually existed 30 minutes apart. So all of these types of analyses are improper chain of custody forms uh, existed for 107,000 ballots statewide. Again, that's about 10 times the uh, presidential margin of victory of 11,770.
0: I want you to back up and rewind on this, make sure everybody understands the term chain of custody. You've got 107,000 votes that have an improper chain of custody. What does chain of custody mean? And then number two, they were dropped off. And at this point, you lost me here. They were dropped off before the drop boxes were in place. I certainly didn't understand you correctly on that.
1: Yes, that is, ex- no, you did. And these are the kinds of crazy anomalies that we have found in Georgia. Uh, some of them were actually recorded as being dropped off uh, and picked up before the ballot was even in, uh, ballot ballot box was even installed.
0: Unbelievable. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, and uh, very crazy type things uh, that don't make any sense. So, in regards to chain of custody, Jim, the um, there is a very uh, specifically uh, specific required chain of custody according to the election rules here in Georgia, uh, that the uh, the election workers have to, two election workers have to pick up the, the ballots from the drop boxes, which were uh, used in 2020. They have to sign the forms. They have to turn them over. Someone, whoever receives them, has to sign the forms. And there's a very precise chain of custody that was implemented um, at, for these, uh, this um, drop boxes that were used in 2020. So that chain of custody was not followed for 107,000 ballots.
0: What did you say about something I, th- I said about 30 minutes or about three minutes? Did I understand you correctly using yeah. those Yeah.
1: So um, we, for exa- another example of an anomaly, would be we would find that the drop box chain of custody forms would say that they picked up from one drop box and then three minutes later picked up from another Dropbox, which was actually 30 minutes uh, in driving time from the, from the first Dropbox. So it's a technical impossibility that the, that the forms could be completed correctly.
0: So what, I hate to ask this, what does that mean What's happening?
1: Well, the, when you have any time in Georgia the number of votes uh, that are in doubt exceeds the margin of victory, then that is an automatic automatic re-election in the state of Georgia. So in other words, any one of these things that we're talking about, and there's still a few more to cover, any one of these things would have justified the uh, legislature to not certify the election and provided uh, electoral votes for Joe Biden. Uh, in this case, he clearly did not earn any of the 16 electoral votes in the state of Georgia.
0: And I'm gonna ask this question before we go further. With you talking like this, uh, Department of Homeland Security and FBI, I regard you as a domestic terrorist. Uh, Garland, do you have a history of violence and burning down buildings? and? and doing all kinds of nefarious things. Are you a domestic
1: terrorist? Well, I did fail to buckle my seatbelt once, Jim, and I think you caught me on that, so. (laughs) That's actually,
0: there's a story behind that. That's actually true. You failed to fasten your seatbelt once and got a ticket for it. Yeah. (laughs) I heard about that. So I could have hurt, I might've hurt myself, but nobody else. So. um, you uh, you don't have a history of being a domestic terrorist, and yet you have the audacity to question whether there was honesty and transparency in this election. Now, uh, you probably have some more things to say. I'm going to ask a question. I can't. Re- I'm not up to speed enough on Georgia politics. Is your Secretary of State named It's not not uh, uh, Augs, Augsburger or something, or something. What was the name? Uh, your Secretary yeah, the Secretary
1: of, State? Secretary of State of Georgia is Brad Raffensperger.
0: Raffensburger. Okay, there we go. Now he, he would he would be the one who would have to investigate this. Correct.
1: That's right, um, Jim. In Georgia, uh, they established an inspector general's unit for the Secretary of State to investigate election matters, and they are brought before the state election board. So all um, Georgia election matters are under his jurisdiction.
0: And. Is there more evidence of lack of transparency and honesty before I ask the obvious question? Were all these things examined microscopically by your secretary of state? Don't well, answer that quite yet. If there are more discrepancies, are there more discrepancies? These yes. are pretty serious. Yes.
1: Let me give you three or four more discrepancies. and then we.
0: Oh, no. Oh, my. Okay.
1: So we talked about the chain of custody forms that were improper but we didn't talk about the chain of custody forms that were missing. So the secretary of state, Rappensberger, when he implemented the drop boxes, which for which there were no legal basis to implement, he did not require the counties to identify how many uh, ballots they got from these unsecure drop boxes that were in, in outdoor locations. Uh, an estimate made by the Georgia Star, uh, we believe that there are three hundred and fifty five thousand or missing chain of custody forms for three hundred and fifty five thousand ballots statewide, which again, of course, is way, way greater than the eleven thousand seven hundred and seventy nine presidential vote margin. Um, that's so
0: that's, uh, go go right ahead. that's pretty jolting. Yeah. those those numbers yeah. are, are are boggling my mind. Well, go. Right
1: it's, it's, it's going to get worse, Jim. So here's another kicker. We found that 86,860 voters in 2020 had false registration dates. And the reason that we know that is because their registration date, which was on the uh, history file which they voted, said that they registered prior to 2017. but we went back and pulled the 2017 voter history file, and none of these 86,860 voters were on the 2017 history file, which indicates that they were all added improperly or illegally uh, after uh, 2017. And then uh, let me, I'll leave you with two more.
0: Wait a minute, on on those last, they were They were added after 2017, and and, and, and why 27 oh I, I okay, so they, they could not be added after 2017?
1: They could uh, it was perfectly legal, but these these voters, on their history file, uh, their voter record for 2020, when they voted, it says that they were registered prior to 2017 and some date prior to that. We went back and pulled the the history file from 2017, and these voters were not on it. So they were added prior to, after 2017, with a false registration date prior to 2017. Yeah,
0: Yeah. okay.
1: So they may not be even voters at all. They may just be simply false, uh, you know, false voters uh, or false, uh, voter entries.
0: Wow, wow! Uh, uh, I hate to even ask. Is there more?
1: Yeah, there's two more that I have to leave you with, Jim, and they, 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 it gets more worse as we go along. We in 2000 and uh, in 21, the legislature took some steps to do good things. They did several things. One is they they outlawed outdoor drop boxes. They outlawed private money coming in, which funded all these drop boxes from CTCL and the Zuckerberg uh, uh, for $330 million that came in through, through that Center for Technology Civic So they outlawed that, and they also made ballot images public record. Well, when that happened, we, um, in March of 2021, we issued a statewide Uh, campaign to collect the original ballot images for the 2020 elections from all 159 counties in Georgia. What we found was that 70 counties were unable to produce the original ballot images that they were required to keep uh, federal and state law for two years. We found 14 counties refusing to comply with our open records request and 56 counties admitting that they had destroyed the original ballot images from the 2020 election, the total election records destroyed, which were ballot images, were 1.7 million ballot images, uh, destroyed in violation of both federal and state law. That's a doozy. And finally, I'll leave you with one more. After we made the ballot images public record, we analyzed those ballot images. And in Fulton County, we found that there were, a, was a wholesale replacement of the ballot images that are required to tabulate election results. So in other words, the election, uh, the ballot images were electronically altered prior to the certification of the 2020 Fulton County results.
0: Okay, I want you to back up. Start that paragraph again, repeat what you said.
1: Well, when, um, so Jim, when ballot images were made public record by Senate Bill 202, the voter GA volunteers uh, implemented a statewide uh, collection of the images and the analysis of those ballot images. These are the digital ballot images produced by the electronic voting machine. And what we found after we analyzed those, and in particular uh, um, the Fulton County ones, uh, some of which were not destroyed like other counties, but um, we found that virtually all of them had been altered um, or they could not be authenticated. Uh, So the, the the electronic ballot images were electronically altered prior to certification of the results It appeared to have been with a mass uh, wholesale replacement of those images, and that would allow the county to basically um, produce a completely bogus set of election results uh, based on whatever criteria they might want to use and want to achieve.
0: Well, this is quite a list. How, how, if we enumerate, how many have you covered about seven, eight, nine different? Have yeah, I,
1: but I think there's about eight there in the list, uh, Jim, that are, I think are really, really key. Those are just the eight most critical ones we think that resonate with, with people around the country. There's actually more detail, but I think for the purpose of this discussion, uh, this would be the, uh, on the appropriate level of, of information to share.
0: Okay, and, and so I'm r- probably repeating a little bit of a question I started to ask earlier. With all of this evidence, what did your Secretary of State do or not do?
1: Uh, basically, he didn't do anything. Um, he, there he has very little or no substantive explanation for any of these anomalies. Um, to put it plainly, uh, Secretary of State has been in cover-up mode uh, since the about November the 5th.
0: Did, is this the same? I, 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 I'm sorry for my ignorance. It, did this man run for position the position again? Was he the one that ran against Congressman Jody Heiss?
1: Yes, he was um, Jim, and uh, that's an interesting story in in itself because Brad was was um, Brad was polling eighteen to thirty nine percent. Thirty nine percent was the highest, and he got that right on uh, election eve, uh, but. On election day, the voting system racked up 51% for him and he avoided the runoff with uh, Jody Heiss. Uh, We did not uh, believe that that was possible. And we at Voter GA felt that we had to do something. We could not let that stand uh, with a secretly counted election using equipment that he had purchased, which has been found to violate two Georgia law by the United States District Court because they have an unverifiable accumulation in QR codes. And I can explain a little bit more about that. But as a result, we challenged that election in all 159 counties It it was a very expensive thing to do, but we felt that we had to do it to determine whether or not he won properly or not. And that uh, case, uh, we still have yet to have a hearing on that case yet.
0: So uh, he went from 39% the day before the election to 51% the day of the election.
1: Well, that's right, Jim. And that is the highest percentage that he had. That's given him every benefit of the doubt because his original polling number was 18%. And he was always in a neck and neck duel with Jody Heiss. There was never a time when he was leading him substantially in all of the polls that were taken up until the election was conducted on May 24th of 2022.
0: Just in the interest of full disclosure, uh, Congressman Jody Heiss of Georgia is a close personal friend. He was a friend of mine before he ever went to Congress. He's a fellow pastor, uh, and he became really our sponsor of our ministry, Well-Versed. And uh, so, again, the interest of full disclosure, I'm a bit prejudiced on this one. Uh, His office was where we have held many of our Bible studies, Well-Versed Bible studies with members uh, of Congress, and he's a very a very wonderful. He's an outstanding pastor, outstanding member of Congress, and a remarkable human being. Well, the the only person, am I right? You're kind of behind the eight ball because the the person who has to be the one who prosecute any kind of wrongful or nefarious activity is the Secretary of State. Uh, barring him doing it, is there is there? A, can the governor now, uh, Governor Kemp, is it is it Kemp? Is his name? Is that correct?
1: Yes. Uh, so this is a very good good. Uh... Uh, point, Jim, Um, even though the the Secretary of State has jurisdiction over election um, um, investigations, this the governor and the Attorney General can certainly have the power to intervene and investigate certain matters. Uh, The governor under the Georgia Constitution has the responsibility to ensure the laws of the state are upheld. And there is massive evidence that laws were broken. I mean, almost everything that we have talked about tonight is a violation of Georgia law. And there's many more things that we haven't even discussed. So the the governor, despite his claims to the contrary, has constitutional authority to conduct an investigation to audit the results to ensure that the laws are upheld. But even worse, the attorney general of the state of Georgia has unbridled authority under the Georgia election code to investigate uh, all of these matters and prosecute the uh, appropriate uh, individuals or or attempt to because of the violations of state law. Uh, The attorney general nor the governor have uh, basically lifted hardly a finger to do anything in this regard. The
0: uh, Governor, Governor Kemp is a Republican?
1: Uh, both Governor Kemp, uh, Secretary Ravensberger, and Attorney General Chris Carr are all Republicans.
0: Um, is it accurate that Brad Raffensberger wrote a book called Integrity Counts?
1: Well, he did write a book. Uh, I, I heard that it was ghostwritten, uh, but um, it, yes, he did write a book called "Integrity uh, Counts." Uh, we, in regards to his integrity, um, he wrote a letter to Congress, and I believe it included Jody Heise and, and Barry um, Loudermilk, and along with the Georgia General Assembly. Uh, claiming that Donald Trump had lied about the 2020 election in Georgia. We did an analysis at Voter GA, it's on our studies tab, and we identified 42 false statements in his 10-page letter. We put that all together in our study. We gave a reference for almost every one of the 42 points to prove that we were telling the truth and that Brad Raffensperger had lied to the General Assembly and to the congressional members that he had written to. Uh, That uh, completely, we think, deflates any claim that Secretary of State has to having any kind of integrity whatsoever.
0: There is uh, no recourse if the Secretary of State won't take action on these eight areas you outlined, plus a few others. If the governor will not if the attorney general will not um there there's not a lot of options i I know when it came to trying to defend proposition eight in california we uh ended up going to court with we the people the 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 governor and the and the uh, attorney general were sworn by law to uphold the california constitution california constitution Uh, uh, Article 1, Section 7.5 said the only marriage between a man and a woman would be valid and recognized in the state of California. That's California constitutional law based upon the election in in 2008. But they refused to uphold the law that they had had sworn to uphold, Governor, Attorney General. So we, the people, raised the money, went with an attorney before the courts and and went to Washington, D.C., and after spending millions of dollars, we were informed by the courts we had no legal standing. In other words, we couldn't bring the case. Only the governor and the attorney general, by law, by statute, were allowed to, uh, to actually defend California law. So we, the people, after spending millions of dollars, were told you have no right to be court. Basically, that was real. Is that the same case here? If there are all these discrepancies that you have reported, and the governor doesn't care, the Secretary of State doesn't care, the Attorney General doesn't care, then I suppose, we the people of Georgia, you don't have the legal standing to take it to a court. Is that accurate?
1: Well, uh, it's, that's a great question that you've just raised. So, I'll give, let me give you an update on our legal cases, because we have five active in, in the state of Georgia. And one of them is the Fulton County counterfeit ballot case, which we we filed a lawsuit once we found out that there were counterfeit ballots in the Fulton county election results. We filed a lawsuit alleging that our equal protection and due process rights were violated under both the United States and Georgia constitutions because counterfeit ballots had been stuffed into the election results. Um, the, uh, the the court basically uh, was ruling in our favor pretty continuously for several months. We got an order to preserve the ballots. We got an order to uh, make the ballot images available for us. We got an order that beat back a dismissal um, attempt. We got uh, another order. Um, Uh, to inspect the ballots. And we um, just before we uh, were about ready to start the inspection of the ballots, Fulton County went out and hired criminal defense attorneys to prevent us from looking at the ballots. That was their whole objective. And that was done at our taxpayer spends, and particularly me as a Fulton County resident, uh, so we were uh, appalled that they did this, but it's obvious they were doing it because they knew that there were counterfeit ballots in those election results. But the judge suddenly then reversed himself after 10 months of going down the path of getting us getting finally getting ready to find out what actually happened in twenty. 20, the judge then suddenly dismisses the case saying that we don't have standing. And that forced us to appeal to the Georgia Court of Appeals. Now, the uh, Fulton County Superior Court judge, well, actually, he's actually in Henry County. um, Basically, his order, what he did there was he cherry picked a Linwood ruling by the 11th Circuit and to say that we didn't have standing. His ruling was so egregious that it violated every precedent in the history of the state of Georgia, because a Georgia voter has always had standing to challenge election fraud. And it violated uh, virtually every precedent or at least a hundred years of precedents, in the United States Supreme Court, which has ruled repeatedly in 1950 in U.S. v. Mosley, that your right to have your vote count is equally as open to protection as your right to put a ballot in the ballot box. And they've also ruled explicitly in Reynolds v. Sims in 1964, that your right to have your vote count cannot be diluted by ballot box stuffing. That is exactly what our case was. Uh, We outlined all these U.S. Supreme Court and Georgia cases in our briefs. And the Court of Appeals uh, basically uh, upheld the lower court ruling without ruling on any of our arguments, either from the perspective of the U.S. Supreme Court or the state of Georgia, and now we uh, have appealed that decision to the Georgia Supreme Court. That's that's just one case. I've got,
0: and there's more. You you've indicated there. I think you said there's five or something. Are, are you? I uh, just for the benefit of our listeners. Are you uh, the former governor of the state? Are you a former member of the uh, Georgia Supreme Court? Are you a, an attorney? Or are, are, are you a private citizen? You're, you're, you're talking with profound knowledge, tremendous grasp, unbelievable perseverance. And uh,
1: who is Garland? I'm, I'm just simply uh, an information technology professional, retired now. <laughs> Uh, And I got involved in this in 2002, when Georgia implemented its first unverifiable, uh, inauditable, paperless uh, voting system that was not transparent and could not recount an election properly, only reprint previous unverifiable results.
0: Wow, so you're not just some angry Trump supporter that feels like you lost this last election. You've been at this since 2002.
1: Well, that's right. And not only that, Jim, it's public, it's a matter of public record that I did not vote for President Trump in the 2020 election. And my vote for a third party candidate, our Constitution Party candidate, a write-in, qualified write-in candidate, was not counted by Fulton County. Whoa.
0: Oh, my goodness. Garland, you've opened another I'm not even sure whether I go down that trail or not. That, 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 I've just got to go back to the bigger picture on this. That's really interesting what, what you're saying. People would assume, well, okay, he's just a ticked off uh, anti-Biden, pro-Trumper out there beating the drum. You didn't even vote for Trump. Now, <clears throat> now let's go back to the bigger picture here. Why, if if if, if you're Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger? Contends that hey, the election was legitimate. Uh, Biden won by the eleven thousand votes or whatever. Trump lost. If he's so adamant, why wouldn't he open the records and, and to make the case in transparent? Well, all, we keep using the words honesty, transparency, full disclosure. If he's so confident of that, why wouldn't he open the records and examine all? He's adamant that Biden won. Okay. If, if that's a fair assessment, then, then just show us the evidence. Why wouldn't he let people look at that and examine to see if, in fact, that claim is true?
1: Well, Jim, it's obvious that he's in cover-up mode. And let me give you an example. On the morning of November 4th, um, he was on the NBC uh, Today show and was interviewed live. Uh, at approximately between nine and around nine o'clock or so. At that time, he acknowledged that President Donald Trump had won the state of Georgia. At that time, Donald Trump had a 103,750 vote margin and Brad Rathensperger stated that there was only 2% of the vote left to count. This is the Uh, morning after? The morning after the election on Wednesday morning correct. that's correct, this is an, um, a, um, a live interview that we have a recording of and we show from time to time. So Brad Ravensburger acknowledges that that Trump Trump's vote uh, is Trump has an insurmountable lead at this time They they're going to finish counting the ballots that night and. Uh, they will uh, have the final results, but it was not going to change the outcome. And he says this with very relaxed confidence. Uh, uh, He was uh, very comfortable and not nervous at all, uh, unlike any time you've ever seen him since. So he said also that we don't guess, we know, that we would be done by the end of the day. At that point in time, NBC cut off the interview quickly uh, pretending that they had t- um, some type of technical problem, and then came back on. He reiterated everything I've just told you uh, once, most of it for the second time. And in but in reality, what happened was instead of um, cert- finishing the count that day, uh, and with the 4.7 million ballots that they knew existed. Brad Raffensperger allowed another 200,000 phantom votes to come into the Georgia election and certified 4.998 million votes, uh, not the 4.7 million votes that he was adamant uh, was the total uh, cast in the state of Georgia on the morning after the election.
0: I don't know what to say, I don't understand that guy. I'll make no more commentary on him.
1: Yeah, he will, you know, Brad had a decision to make. Was he gonna go with the truth or was he gonna allow 200,000 phantom votes to change the election results in the state of Georgia? For whatever reason, which we still do not know, he decided to allow 200,000 phantom votes to change the election results in the state of georgia and,
0: and a phantom,
1: he's got a phantom,
0: what is a phantom vote
1: votes for which that you cannot account um, he had accounted for every vote on the morning of november 4th just as he's required to do by georgia law and he said 4.7 million votes were cast in the state of georgia Uh, All the evidence shows, if you look at the election results for that period of time, that he was absolutely correct and telling the truth prior to him allowing these mysterious phantom votes that came out of thin air to be included in the election results and change the outcome of the presidential race in favor of Joe Biden.
0: Would it have a would these votes have changed the election as it relates to Senator Warnock?
1: Um, They could have possibly changed the election in results to Senate election between David Perdue and John Ossoff, who is now now the US Senate. He is, John Ossoff is now in the US Senate. Based on the Fulton County Altered election results alone, it is likely that David Perdue uh, was as cheated out of his Senate seat as was uh, President Donald Trump uh, out of the out of the electoral votes here, because uh, that uh, that vote margin in that Senate race was about twenty seven thousand, I believe. That uh, had it had that been a twenty seven thousand vote difference, then. Uh, David Perdue would not have been in a runoff with John Ossoff, so it is possible that both Trump and Perdue were cheated, uh, but we won't know for sure, Jim, until we do what we have been advocating for the last year and a half, and that is to show us the balance.
0: uh, Just for those who may be tuning in, this is a prayer call, and uh, our our commitment is to honesty and transparency uh in elections. You've been listening to Garland Favorito. And uh our, our I, I want to ask you about other states, what's happening in other states, but I'm gonna bypass that for, for the purpose of being able to go into prayer at this time as we begin to pray on this issue.
1: Okay. And uh, Jim, can I just add a few more quick updates on this case and then I can identify some things that we can pray for? Uh, sure. On, okay, just real quickly, our other lawsuits. Um, we have a lawsuit against the state to ban the current voting system in Georgia because it accumulates votes in a QR code that the voter cannot verify in the United States District Court. Has already found that that violates two Georgia statutes. That case uh, was dismissed Im- immediately after, literally the same day that we found that the voting system had produced incorrect results in a primary, May 24, 2022 primary in DeKalb County, where a a voter, a candidate who had zero votes in the own her own precinct where she and her husband lived, had had challenged that those electronic results. They had hand counted, audit, uh, and done an audit and found out that she was in uh, first place instead of third place. The machine had showed her several thousand votes, and then it had failed to count another eighteen hundred votes. So the day. That, that was discovered to prove that our case was correct. The judge dismissed <laughs> that case and we are currently in the court of appeals. She dismissed it on the grounds uh, evidentiary. However, her requirement was to determine whether or not our complaint was sufficient. Our complaint was sufficient. She had no grounds to dismiss the case. We are in the court of appeals on that one. Uh, We mentioned the election challenge against Secretary of State's race with, uh, and we also, there was another election challenge uh, that we made when a candidate who was not on the ballot received 3,317 votes uh, in this May 24, 2022 primary. The system gave her 3,317 votes and her name was never printed on any ballot she had withdrawn before the ballots were ever printed. The one final uh, thing, uh, two final things, Jim, just to quickly mention is that uh, we have a a lawsuit uh, against the Secretary of State because he outsourced the voter registration database to a third party, and that's in violation of election privacy laws, the uh, bid requirement uh, contract laws in Georgia and the scope of what the General Assembly has given him to do. They cannot outsource voter registration data. And then finally, on those 1.7 million ballots uh, that were destroyed, we are about to issue another lawsuit because the state of election state election board has not responded to our demand letter to make their rules comply with federal and state law. Um, so that's an update of where we are in Georgia, uh, Jim. And that's all of our, our, our cases. And uh, there have been some changes that have been made that have been helpful, not enough. But one of our basic prayer requests for the intercessors would be for honest judges, we have gotten couple of very corrupt rulings in Georgia because the, the, the judges are either, either I guess, just cowardly and they're unwilling to do the right thing. Um, when the Court of Appeals upheld uh, our uh, Fulton County ballot, the lower court ruling, the, uh, the judge who wrote the ruling, we believe wrote the ruling, was immediately promoted to the Georgia Supreme Court after that highly corrupt ruling. So we've got a lot of corruption in the judicial system in Georgia. And I just wanted to point that out. Uh, I think that would be a key area to focus on. There are some, there are a lot of problems the upcoming 2022 election, a lot of vulnerabilities still exist. And that would be another huge area uh, to, to pray for, and uh, we, we just need a, a breakthrough uh, here in Georgia because we feel that we're, we're, we've got all the facts, we've got the evidence, we're trying to do uh, the right thing, we've got the law on our side, but we're not getting uh, proper uh, dis- judicial decisions. What we're getting is, is political decisions.
0: The, um, we got to get into prayer. So just answer these if you can in one sentence, which I know is very very difficult. The first one is: Are you in dialogue with? People in other states who had similar problems.
1: Yes, and we have found that their problems are very, very similar. We're seeing the mass um, um, mass uh, alteration of of electronic results in several other states that are very similar to to uh, to Georgia, as well as the uh, voter rolls um, being completely, uh, basically. Uh, hundreds of thousands and even millions of excess voter roll entries that are improper, and they are being used to stuff counterfeit ballots, we believe, into election results.
0: We're between 40 and 50 days from the next election. Answer this one just in a sentence or two. Are we going to see that all this just happen all over again?
1: Um, Jim, the the chances of that happening are very high. We're anticipating a lot of problems. There could likely be a lot of corruption. We still are encouraging everybody to vote because if you don't vote, you cede your power to the corruption. So yes, we do see a lot of problems uh, coming up in 2022, November.
0: Can if people want to volunteer to be election, not election judges, but uh, uh, if they can be poll watchers, is that advantageous to try to create honesty?
1: Uh, absolutely, Jim. poll watchers, but and but most importantly, poll workers. Uh, poll workers have even more authority. and we have um, a uh, a poll worker, poll watcher training team here that's headed by a state election integrity advocate. Her name is Judy Adams, Julie Adams, and uh, she is assisted by someone you know very well, uh, Tamara Seymour, who's now Tamara Favorita. And she is, of course, on the board of Well-Versed. And uh, I think you uh, know her extremely well, as do I, as do have, I now.
0: Do you have, uh, if people want to reach you, is there a website? If people, even other states, want to say, hey, what do I do in my home state? Is there a website they can go to or an email address or what, what is feasible for you?
1: Well, they can easily go to voterga.org and the volunteer tab. They can sign up and they'll find, okay. out, find out more of what's going on in, in uh, Georgia, uh, or they can text uh, the words, all one word, election integrity, to
0: 404-777-0067. Repeat that one much more slowly. That last Yes,
1: part. yes, that would be 404-777-0067, 67, excuse
0: me. <laughs> okay, how many of you say it one last time? Four
1: zero four seven 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 zero zero six seven.
0: Six. Okay. Seven, ten, ten. I think we're okay. I think go to what did you say? Vote Voter GA as in Georgia. Voter. voter GA, that's GA. right. Org. Okay. Vote voterga.org.
1: That's okay. right, Jim. And I, all of our information is up there. The events we have a lot of press conference. We have press releases that talk about all of this uh, events of our press conferences, and we have all of our legal briefs are up there as well. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that Wellversed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wellversed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.